0: You're listening to Seahawks Stories, taking you behind the scenes with your favorite current and former Seahawks.
1: Russell play fake, drops back, going to throw it deep, got a man, it's Metcalf, he's out there, touchdown Seahawks! Powered by Seahawks.com. Turbin in the backfield with Wilson who goes out of the shotgun, look out, here comes the blitz, Russell steps up, now he's got a scramble, now he dumps at Turbin, midfield 45, 40 down the near sideline, 30, 25, puts his head down, what a run! By Turbin. He's all the way down to the Chargers' 21-yard line, a 32-yard pickup. Now, here's your host, Super Bowl 48 champion, Robert Turbin. What's up? What's up?
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Seahawk Stories, our second episode of Seahawk Stories. We got a special guest with us. I'll get to that in a second. Welcome everybody to the show. This is a show based on all of our Seattle family coming back, hopping on the show with me, talking about their stories, their Seahawks stories specifically. Today, we've got a Washington State legend, all right, former Monroe High School coach. Hope I said that correctly. And obviously former Seahawk and new teammate for me in the booth, the Seahawks broadcast booth. He's doing some Pac-12 stuff. He's doing some stuff with Root Sports, none other than Michael Bumpus. Bump, what's up, man? Bump and Run, what's happening?
1: Turbo, what's good, man? Uh, Thanks for having me on your podcast. Listen to the first episode. I'm feeling it, and I'm glad to be a part of this.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Listen, I'm honored, really grateful for you taking the time out to come on to the show, man, as we continue to grow this thing and build it into something major. Um, Man what's going on with you today? What's, 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 what's good. What's, what's the normal day in the life for Michael Bumpus?
1: Ah, man, normal day in the life. Wake up. Uh, the wife will help the wife. with getting the kids to school. I'm, it I'm self-employed. So I'm able to, I'm able to see the kids off in the morning. I drop them off. There are two separate locations, drop them off. I come home, get in the office for a few hours, handle what I got to handle, hit the gym. And, uh, then I'm off running after that, making sure I'm prepared for, business for seahawks for pac 12 all that good stuff
0: there it is man well we know you're from culver city california and we'll get to that in a little bit uh but you got you came to washington right uh uh through on scholarship correct uh washington state all right did a lot of great things there uh man you were there from 2004 to 2007 Talk about that experience, you know, from from the beginning. Like, what led you to go to Washington State, and then your experience uh, through through the years there?
1: Well, yeah. Uh, well, obviously, football took me to Washington State. I was originally, at first, I was committed to LSU to play ball. Then mom LSU. said, "Yeah, mom said, no nah, that's too far, man. You're not, you're not going down yeah. south. I can't get to those games.'" Okay. So then I, I, said, "I'm gonna stay home." Then I'm gonna go to USC. Went to USC. Pete Carroll was there. That's when they had the squad, right? They had, you had so books. you had an
0: offer to go to USC.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. From Culver
0: yeah. city. That's the hometown.
1: Yep. Hometown no about 15 minutes down from, from where I grew up and uh, Pete Carroll offered me. And uh, after I decommitted from LSU, I took it. I went on my trip. My trip was crazy. I mean, I'm hanging out with LA's football team at the time. Cause there were no right. chargers. There were no Rams. Like this is LA's team. And right. um, the trip was so great. I committed on the spot. And then,
0: okay. Okay. Before you go on, not to interrupt you, okay, oh. because I know you're telling the story about how you got to Washington State, but I got to hear about this trip because some of these recruiting trips now <laughs> go crazy. Tell
1: me about the recruiting trip before you move on to going to Washington State. Uh, The, the trip was crazy, right? I had dudes like Ted Ginn was there on my trip. Uh-huh. Um, They had Keith Rivers who played linebacker in the league for a while was on my trip. All these big names in my class was there, and you know what? We probably did some things that you probably you can't do these days. You know what I'm saying? We went out. We had a good time. They showed us Hollywood, and um they drove us around in big SUVs. You know, it was yeah. just it was just a lot of love. It was so you much didn't, love. You
0: been getting to know Jesus Shuttlesworth type? Nah, type of activity. nah no,
1: <laughs> no Jesus Shuttlesworth. And if I did, I would not say I did here. That's the sure. show. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just cool, man. It was just it was fun being around young guys who had a lot of influence on the city, you know, Reggie and Liddell yeah. and Matt and all that stuff. So it was just hanging out, man, hanging out and just being boys and kicking it.
0: That's what's up, man. So for whatever reason, so you, so you committed to USC after that. I don't know who wouldn't, but then you decommitted. And you ended up at Washington state. What, what
1: happened? So uh, like a week before I'm supposed to sign Pete Carroll hits me up. He goes, Hey man, we're going to ask you to red shirt. And my whole mental going into college was, look, I'm top 10, 12 in my position. You know, I want to play right now. And he told me, he kept him 100 with me, though. I respect Pete for that. He goes, look, man, we're bringing a guy in who we think is a little more uh, further along than you. We want you to register, develop a little bit. The dude was Dwayne Jarrett, so it worked out for him. Dwayne Jarrett was a monster. He was. New Jersey came over, balled out. And I I even told Pete, man, no love lost, but I just want to go somewhere where I can play right now. And my trip to Wazoo was so much fun and so different than what I was used to. That was always my plan C. I just never thought I was going to get to plan C. So mm-hmm. I got I got to plan C, and uh, probably the best decision I ever made was to go to Washington State.
0: So what was different about the trip when you went to Washington State?
1: Uh, it was, you know, I'm, I'm a city boy, or I was a city boy, and there was no city out there. It was a small town in the middle of nowhere. And where I grew up, man, you got to worry about certain things, like what colors am I wearing? What neighborhood am I going to? Who am I going to be with? And I remember going to Washington State and thinking, man, I don't feel none of that. Now, even even my trip to SC, I still felt some of that. I wouldn't ever be going to. I got to make sure we're, we're cool. And um, and they were winning at the time. Three uh, back-to-back 10-win seasons. They threw the football a lot. 35 times was a lot back in my day. 35, 40 times was a lot. And um, and I just felt like, look, let, let's switch the game up and, and try to shift powers in the Pac-10 at the time and, and go to Washington State.
0: Man, so you went to Washington State and you had an immediate impact. You had an immediate impact. I think your freshman year, you were number one in permanent turn yards uh, as a freshman in the Pac-10, uh, which is, you know, I mean, there's a lot of phenomenal athletes in the Pac-10, you know, wow. so to do that as a freshman is pretty phenomenal. Um, I think it was your, your senior year, uh, or really over the course of your career, 195 catches, which at the time was a school record. Uh, now I think it's fifth all time. Uh, you had 60 catches your junior year, 70 your senior year, which was second um, in, in, in the Pac-10. And so uh, you definitely did damage there. Um, what, what about going to Washington State, that coaching staff, those teammates led you to be so successful?
1: Uh, I think one was my relationship with my quarterback, man. I mean, you got as a receiver, you got to be tight with your quarterback. We ended up being really close. We're still close to this day, Alex Brink. He held every record there for about 10 years. I held a bunch of records for 10 years. And then, you know, the offense has changed and things happen. Uh, and then just having a staff that believed in me, man, they threw me out there. You know, they waited till my third game my freshman year to really kind of let me loose. You know, once they did that, man, there was no holding me back. Um, you know, I, I knew the playbook. I knew every position. Um, I stayed out of trouble. You know, I was on time. I did all the things that you're supposed to do. So when they put me on the field, they just trusted me. And I believed in myself, you know, as an athlete, if you don't believe in yourself, you ain't got nothing. Um, I was, I was just prepared for the moment. And I appreciate that they held me back really into my third game against Oregon. My first start, um, I scored a two point conversion and I took a punt to the house. And after that, I'm like, look, I'm here. Let's go.
0: Was that like the, the, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm here. I can do this. That was like the moment for you right there.
1: Yeah, that, that was, that was validation. You know, what happened was crazy. So, and uh, that week, they had this this local newspaper, on-campus newspaper called The Evergreen. This was my first time really dealing with media. And I told them, I go, yeah, I just want to back up all the hype I came up here with. Just casual, didn't think it was going to be nothing crazy. Man, they blew that thing up all over campus. People telling me, well, you better back it up. Boom, 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 boom. So then when I when I did back it up, man, it, it was validation. It felt good.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what's up, man. You know, I wanna I want to ask you about something because it's not always easy to leave home. You know, you had the school, you had USC, you were committed to USC right there in the backyard. You go up to Washington, it's something different, it's low-key. You know, what was that transition like for you? And and was there some homesickness, for lack of a better word, when you first got to Washington?
1: Yeah, it was definitely a transition. You go from West L.A., where... I mean, I tell people I can visit seven continents by walking four blocks. You know what I mean? There's so many different types of people. And you go to Washington State, man, It's you, you see pretty much the same type of people everywhere you go. So initially, I'm like, okay, what did I get myself into? But I had a guy on the team who went to the same high school as I did, Carl Payma. He was a, a senior at Washington State. We didn't go to high school at the same time, but... Uh, we both went to the same high school. So I got to lean on him a bit, man. He took me under his wing. He let me borrow his car. I okay. stayed the night at the, at the spot. You know what I mean? He was like a big brother to me. So he he kind of showed me the way. And he was like a 4.0 student. He was one of our best athletes on the team. So he pretty much gave me the blueprint. was like, look, buck you do this and you'll be good. But the great thing about football is, man, you got 80 brothers on the team. You know, I don't have to go out and really look for friends. All I got to do is show up to practice and I'm gonna make connections with people. So outside of school, um, there was a bit of a transition is getting used to the environment and the small town and everybody knowing who you are and stuff. But man, when it came to ball, that's what we were bred to do.
0: I mean, you're forgetting about one big adjustment. And I know this had to be a big one for you coming from LA because it was a big one for me. And I came from the Bay Area, which is a little colder. All right, but I did go to school in Utah and all of a sudden I'm living in the snow. I got to scrape my front window every morning. (laughs) What was was that transition like for you?
1: Man, uh, my mom, she goes, before I left, she bought me this big jacket. I'm like, I've never had a jacket this big. I had the puff daddy fur on the hood, you (laughs) know what I mean? I'm like, Mom, I'm not going to use this. And I woke up one morning, and it was so bright outside. I'm like, damn, why is it so bright? I opened up my my curtains, it's number white snow, just everywhere. And I looked at the, um, on Beasley, they got a little thermometer up there. Because of the temperature, it said negative seven. I've never been anything colder than like 30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a transition. Practicing in that too was tough because now I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get hit. I don't want to go down on the ground because now I'm cold. The rest of practice, so I'm avoiding right. cats and stuff. And I layered up. I must turbo. I must have had like four layers my first practice <laughs> when it when it was cold like that. Uh, so it, it took some getting used to. We had a bubble that we never used too. Like coach, can we go practice indoors? He goes why wow, we don't play in this, you know. Right. <laughs> might as well get used to it. So yes, the cold was a transition. I had a forerunner though for a car, so that helped me out.
0: Okay. Yeah. And sometimes the bubble is more cold than being outside. Yeah. You know, because it's because uh, but yeah, you did have a, I had a Cadillac, you know, it's Cadillac. but it was old school. So <laughs> it, it it actually did more well in the snow than than you might have thought. But um I, I know for me, I've got some interesting like snow stories. Do you do you uh, like sliding or yeah? You know, Slipping on black ice. I didn't even know what black ice was when I got there. Like, it, were, were there any moments like that for you w- when when you know first started living in the snow like that?
1: Yeah. So I pride myself. I have never slipped in front of anybody. Now I slipped on my own and looked around to see if anybody got me. Oh but my. <laughs> my boy, he had a he had an Acura, right? On low pros, you know, looked all good. And he's trying to drive in the snow. My boy Greg Prater is yeah. on my team with me. And uh, we, get, we get stuck on this hill. And in Pullman, people get stuck all the time. So people are just coming out of the woods, just helping you, trying to push your car up the hill and get it situated. And I'll never forget, he's in the front pushing, and he slips, and he starts sliding down the hill, just taking dudes out. Boom, 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 ah, taking dudes oh, out. Man, man I, jumped, <laughs> I jumped over him, landed on top of him, and just rolled down, <laughs> rolled down <laughs> with him. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the ice is real. The cold is real. Do not bring low-profile tires to the police. Right,
0: right. <laughs> That's what's up, man. So you have a great career at Washington State. You move on. You go undrafted to Seattle. Now, before we talk about, you know, your experience with Seattle, let's go through the process a little bit. You know, here you are, your senior year, you ball out, 70 catches, right? You're second in the Pac-10. All these, you got the, 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 the catching record, you know, this all-time at the school you know, all of these great things. You were a top 15 prospect coming out of high school. And then, you know, here you are getting prepared for the draft. What was that process like for you? And where did you think you would go in the draft?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I thought I was one of the best in the country, you know, and I, I I believe that to this day that I was, but I lived in reality. I had an agent who just kept it real with me. He goes, look, man, the feedback that I'm getting is that you're going to be a l- last day guy or free agent. So thankfully I had a guy keeping it real with me. So my expectations were real. I didn't even watch the draft the first couple of days. I'm like, I'm not going to get drafted. So I'm just going to go out. I went and played golf. I went and did other stuff. Like I'm not, I'm not going to stress out. Last day comes around and we're getting towards the end of it. And I'm starting to get phone calls, phone calls. I got phone calls from new England, Atlanta, Atlanta, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and the Seahawks. And they're like, look, we're, we're thinking about taking you, but if we don't take you, we want you as an undrafted free agent. So right there, I got to relax a little bit. So I'm like, all right, I I don't get drafted. I'm at least going to have an opportunity. Just give me, give me, give me there and I'll take care of the rest. And um, the draft concludes, I talked to my agent and he goes, all right, here are your options. Where do you want to go? off top of my like, man i'm gonna go to new england man shoot they, they winning over there like i want to do that he goes yeah that's a good move but i think you should go with the seahawks just because you're local and they've seen what you can do like you're not a mystery to these guys these other uh teams have done their research but there's nothing like staying home so i remember i called up uh keith gilbertson at the time was a receiver coach he coached at uw for a while he's a legend out here in washington and uh i was like, all right man i'm, I'm gonna sign with you guys and uh uh the next day, I was on a flight. I was out of there.
0: So you had New England, Seattle. W- w- was there another team that you could have chose?
1: Atlanta, Cleveland, or Cincinnati. I was not going to Cincinnati. I already knew the reputation since he had. Right. Uh, Atlanta looks good. Um, the offense that they ran, but I wasn't too familiar with the South. You know what I'm saying? i my eyes, it's a different coach Yeah, you're you West Coast boy. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you know what I mean? I'm West West yeah, all plenty. day. Cleveland wasn't doing well at the time. So I'm like, nah, I don't want to go there. And Seattle was coming off a Super Bowl run in 2005. So they weren't too far removed from playing good football. And they were local. Easy four-hour ride from eastern Washington to western Washington.
0: All right. So you go to Seattle, undrafted, free agent. Here you are, training camp, all of these things, trying to prove yourself, you know. What was that? What was that like for you? You know, because sometimes when you come in as a rookie, you, I mean, there's good vets in your room, right. That are willing to teach you things and show you things. And then on the other side, there's like, yo, you know, you're on your own. You Mm -hmm. know, I got, I got my own family to feed. So what was that experience like for you coming in as a, as a rook?
1: And I was lucky, man. I had Bobby Ingram who was in the league at the time for at least 12, 13 years. He was a well-established. We're the same type of player, smaller slot receiver. And, I mean, he laced me with so much game. It was so much love, man. And then I had Nate Burleson, who had been there for a few years. He was cool. Dion Branch, who was a Super Bowl MVP. He was established. So I think to them, I wasn't really a threat, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they they were like, they were teaching me all this stuff. Courtney Taylor, Taylor was there for a while. Uh, but it was done but love, man. I think I was fortunate with Seattle because I heard stories of, my buddies who got to other programs, and it was just different. Like, there's hazing. Um, veterans ain't taking you under their wings. They, they run in their mouth to you. In Seattle, it was like, all love, man. As long as you go out there and compete and they respect your work ethic, you're good. So I was blessed, man. Lofa Tatupu was there. He went to USC. I grew up watching him play. Uh, easy transition as far as being welcomed into the organization.
0: And how many seasons were you with Seattle?
1: I was, I only suited up for like eight or nine games. Um, I got cut my second year at Seattle. Then I went to Canada.
0: Went to Canada. So before we're going to get to that too, but before we get to that, uh, who did you bond with? You know, like who was, who, who kind of became like, you know, your boy that you connected with once you got to the Seahawks?
1: Man, Courtney Taylor, receiver out of Auburn. Um, he's a a local trainer right now receivers. You want some training. If you ain't going to my company, you got to go to Courtney Taylor, man. This dude, um, solid individual. He was there. I believe he was with the Hawks for three or four years. Then he went up to Canada and played another three or four years. Me and CT man, after practice, he's either coming to my spot. I'm going to his spot. We're playing video games we're, we're training. Yeah. Courtney Taylor, big 86 is my dude.
0: That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Those bonds and those relationships, man, people don't understand how important, those really are, uh, especially when you get to the league. You know, obviously, like it's business and it's all about winning games. But those relationships, uh, for when whenever you are finished, are the things that matter the most. You would agree most with that, definitely.
1: Yeah, most definitely too. I mean, CT is still one of my good friends. We met in 2008. What is that? 13, 14 years ago. Still uh-huh. in it.
0: And you played. You played for Mike Holmgren.
1: Yes, I did. Your head coach, Matt Hasselbeck
0: was your quarterback, right? I'm not sure who the officer coordinator was. Um, did you have a good relationship with Coach Holmgren? How like how was it planned for you know for Coach Mike?
1: Man, Holmgren, so he was towards the end of his career. My my year I was with him, we all knew he was done after this and he was going to pass the torch on to Jim Moore. Um, so he, he was kind of like, he was like the godfather when he walked in the room, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you don't even have to see him. You could just feel his presence and... He coached us tough and he, and he just kept it real with us, man. I remember one day I dropped the ball. He comes up to me. He goes, It was in practice. He goes, You know, you're an undrafted free agent, right? I'm like, Yeah. He goes, You ain't going to make the club dropping footballs like that. I'm like, Hey, I appreciate it. And then when I, but when I scored my touchdown, man, he came over and uh, sat down, put his arm around me and showed me love. So he was okay, tough, but he was cool at the same that. time.
0: Let's talk about the touchdown because there's a little, there's a little story behind how all of that went down. Uh, You you know, was that your first touchdown?
1: First and only touchdown in the league. How did did it come to be? Uh, So um, Nate Burleson got hurt in Buffalo. Nate Burleson got hurt and Deion Branch got hurt. I was on the practice squad at the time. I was actually at Washington State visiting my now wife, then girlfriend. And um, I saw those two dudes go down. I'm like, I'm going to get a call, man. They're going to have to bump me up. So I get the call. They say, look, we're going to bring in Sammy Parker to compete with you to see, you know, who's going to do it. And Sammy comes in. He doesn't know the playbook. That's what I got on him. He's probably faster than me, more experienced. But I'm like, look, I know this offense. I'm good to go. So we compete for like two days. And um, they bring me in. They say, look, man, all right, you're going to get the start. So I got the start. I'll probably only play like 30 snaps. It was crazy. I knew I got paid like $700 a snap. So I'm counting my snaps. I'm like, ooh, extra money. Okay, that's $700. That's $1,400. dollars <laughs> That's where my head's at. You. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get this chance again. And uh, we get down into the red zone, and we've been practicing this play all week. They start me on the left side of formation, motion me over, and then I have like a shallow cross. And I knew I said, if we run this in within the 10-yard line, I'm going to get this football. So they call my my personnel unit out. It was E. I get out there. they when they call the play, I look at Matt. I'm like, Matt, I got you, Matt. I got you. But when he calls the play, there's so many things going like in the NFL. These plays are long, right? It's like E right green motion left three jet boom, 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 boom. And all I hear is my part of the play. I'm like, all right, there we go. All this other stuff don't mean nothing to me. Let me focus in on my part of the play, He Calls it a motion across the formation.
0: Did did he say anything to you in the huddle? Like be ready. Like, Hey, I told him you got to know.
1: I told him I got you. and He was like, yep, that was Uh, it. Okay. So he motions me over boom I get set and I'm, I'm dragging across the field and I'm open right away and I swear to you turbo he looks at me he goes rookie let me look let me look somewhere else real quick <laughs> let, me, let me see let me see In the last minute man I'm, I'm, I'm keep working across the field and he throws it low because was a backer screaming downhill nice and low man I get up I grab it I celebrate my boy Trent Sheldon, who was on the practice squad with me. Uh, we had a dance that we did at practice every time we made a play. So I, I did the dance and I left the football on the field. My first and only touchdown, Julius Jones grabbed it for me. I was like, Bum, man, you gotta keep this. this is your first one. So it was a it was yeah. a cool moment.
0: Man, that's what's up, man. I you know, I remember my first touchdown too. Uh, but it ain't about me. It's about you. Uh but yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. And I know, you know, Matt Hasselback, right? All the experience that he had, you know, playing quarterback had to be somebody. You know, really cool to be able to catch a touchdown pass from and a really cool teammate to have.
1: Yeah, Matt Matt was solid. Matt would make sure he spoke to everybody at every practice. Like, he was a true leader. It was towards the end of his career. He was having back issues and stuff. But he he would tough it out every week. Always showed me love. Treated me like, man, I was a starter, man. Always got love for Matt.
0: All right. Before we get to the CFL, because I do want to talk about that a little bit, everybody has, like, a welcome to the NFL moment
1: yeah
0: what was yours
1: my, my welcome to the nfl moment um when as far as like practice it was when um the receivers they made me like carry the pads they're like it was nate beyond yeah. uh they're like look we're not gonna haze you man but you gotta do this at least once so yeah. i carried about my i I can shoot i've heard worse stories carry your pads i got you Did you have to do a rookie meal I wasn't making enough money. They knew I wasn't making no money. <laughs> they would invite me to go eat with them, and they would pay for me. I wasn't. I wasn't making money like that. But now nah, Practice was just a past. The NFL. Welcome to the NFL moment was uh, we played the 49ers, and I remember playing Madden. Uh, I used to use Atlanta a lot because Mike Vick was playing, and uh, they had a returner last name Rossum. And uh, I used to love. I used to move. You know when you cheat Madden, you put returners at running back, and you moving right. around. And uh, I go out to warm ups, and Rossum is on the 49ers. Man, I went up to him I'm like, man, I've watched your career for so long, man. I appreciate what you do. And it was crazy. He goes, yeah, yeah, Bump. Um, hey, congratulations being moved up. I'm like, how did, Like this This man, that's a true vest professional right there. This man knew that I, I was getting an opportunity right there. So that that was dope, man. Playing against the 49ers, a team that I watched growing up. I know you did, being in the Bay, and they're yeah. having to do that you watch growing up, know who you are. I'm like, damn, I'm I'm, I'm really in this.
0: Yeah, that was kind of leading into my next question. I love to ask this question because I think it just happens for everybody. It happened with me, you know, with Adrian Peterson being one of my favorite running backs, you know, and just, man, my rookie year, he went off on us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think he went for like 182 yards or something like that, but to just be able to meet him, you know, mm-hmm. was like, man, yo, I just shook hands with AP was there a player like that for other than Rossum? Was there a player that you grew up watching and then you got the opportunity to share the field with him?
1: Man, I would say. Yeah, honestly, it was the dudes of my team, Dion branch. Like I watched Dion branch catch 12 catches, hundred something yards and two touchdowns in a super bowl. Like He started the new, new England Patriots run. And I remember watching him be like, man, he's a smaller dude. He's nice. And uh, when I got to meet him, I wasn't starstruck, but I was like, "Dang, this is real." And then after talking to him, I'm like, "These dudes are just regular dudes, man. They're just super talented." But end of the day, they're men, you know, just like you and I. So meeting Dion Branch was was crazy because my grandma loved my grandma put me on the football. Without her, I wouldn't even be playing football. And she yeah. she she's had me read the newspaper every morning. Like here, here's the the sports section, and um, she told me like that Dion Branch. Watch that Dion branch. He's something special. So I got to meet him. I told him about my grandma and stuff. So that was cool.
0: Grandma got you in the football. Boy. Yeah. That's rare. um, Man. So when did you go to the BC Lions? Because you played in Seattle 08, right? Uh, the 08-09 season. Yep. When did you decide to go up to Canada? Was it the very next year?
1: Yeah. So, hey, you don't decide to go to Canada. <laughs> they, they, well, you, here,
0: but, that, that, but that's my that's my thing. That's my question. Like, wh- wh- what made you go to Canada instead of, you know, at least going through the NFL season to see if you get picked up.
1: Yeah. So, um, going into my second year, I broke a bone in my foot, my fifth meta torso. I still got a a screw in there to this day. And it was the worst time in ever, right? It was right before fall came started. And it was, it was like on routes on air. I didn't even do nothing crazy. I just put my foot in the ground. Boom. I felt it snap. And, uh, so they, they can't cut me, you know, they got to wait until I get healthy and they're bringing all these receivers in, man, I'm looking at them and they're bringing in receivers. Like me, they already got their big dudes. Like they need that small slot guy and they keep bringing guys in. I'm talking to my agent. I'm like, man, I'm going to have like two weeks to try to climb this depth chart. And, uh, I did it. I got, so I got into like the fifth, you know, like the fifth, uh, the fifth guy on the roster. I'm like, cool. I'm going to make this team. And then boom, I tweaked it again. Once I it again, I'm like, I'm gone. Like they're going to cut me. And you know, I got, they already brought all these guys in. So they cut me. And then um, I'm sitting, I'm waiting around for maybe two or three weeks. I'm getting a bunch of nibbles. I go work out for a couple of teams. Nothing really happens. Uh, but I have a son on the way. My, my now fiance is pregnant. And I'm like, I just need to make some money right now. You know, and I I, I start to talk to my agent and try to understand how the CFL works. Um, my contract was pretty much, look, You can sign a deal here, but if an NFL team wants you, you can leave. You don't have to finish out your contract. So I'm like, cool. Let me go make this 80, 90,000 real quick, just to, you know, make sure the lights are still on and then I'll get back. And I went up to Canada and Canada is is just a different game. The field's wider. The field's longer. There's an extra player on the field. You can only have X amount of American players. And I did my thing, honestly, man, I made like top ESPN, top 10 on, on a, a touchdown and I'm, and I'm feeling it. But, um, my, my fiance is, is away from me. And I'm, this is where I had to figure out what I really wanted to do. I'm like, all right, do I want to chase this dream? I got some money in the bank. I've done a great job saving money. I can start a new career or I can, or I can chase this. And, um, I got, I got back and my son, no, I got back. And then, uh, I was spending some time with my, with my fiance. And I told her, I go, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start my business. My, my dream was to build a facility for athletes to train. And I'm mm-hmm. like, we, we stayed up enough. I'm going to just give back. Because the fire, I just said, I didn't have the fire no more. I'm like, man, I just, I just don't want it no more. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, that's when I decided, made the move, told, told the BC Lions, like, look, man, I'm just going to move on and, and do my thing. But I regretted it for two years. I wish I would have kept it going. After two years, I was good. Why? Uh, just because, you know, I'm, I'm watching football, and I'm like, I'm better than that dude. I'm better than that dude. He's still in there getting it. And football is what I've done for the majority of my life and I decided to stop doing it. And I regretted it for a while, but what brought me back was fantasy football. My boys like, hey man, you gonna play fantasy football? I'm like, all right. Come on, man. Let's try it. I couldn't, I Turbo, I could not watch football. It made me sick. Like it made me sick. Yeah. I did fantasy and then I started coaching high school football. And once, once I put those two together, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm okay with where I'm at. I'm building my business. I'm at peace with all this.
0: Did you for a moment talk to the fiance about, hey, Move into Canada, you know, so that you could could continue to play. Was she down with that? Was that kind of like? Did that play a part into your decision as well?
1: My my fiance, then fiance now wife is a soldier. She was down for whatever. She's like, all right, man. Like she understood. She's like, look, you're young, your window is so small when it comes to this football thing. Whatever you want to do, I'm down to do. so when I told her, "Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna move on and do something else," she was like, are ah, you sure you want to do that? You know, I know who you are and how competitive you are." She, to this day, she says, "I wish I would have pushed you a bit more, though, but I didn't want to force you to, to do nothing you didn't want to do." But now nah, she was down for whatever I wanted. All
0: right. Well, yeah, man. It's like you said, you you transition into coaching. You did start your business, the Elite Training Academy that you have in Monroe. You actually coached at Monroe High School from 2015 to 2019 what was that experience like man coaching those high schoolers
1: man it's it's fun because you see a lot of yourself in these young cats like the mistakes they make um the successes that they have and it was just rewarding because i'm i didn't have a coach like me when i was growing up i had good coaches you know coaches who loved us who knew the game but i didn't have coaches who played college at a high level who went to the nfl and and Got had a cup of coffee and got to experience that. So I had my kids. Man, it was fun watching them learn the game on a different level and having them execute against a basic high school defense. And and they're just they're understanding coverages. Man, they're moving players with their releases. They're they're talking football X's and O's. And uh, it was so rewarding to be in this small town, Monroe. When I got to Monroe, man, they didn't win no games. It was it was bad. And then I got here and we turned it around. Uh, we went to state uh, state, um, playoffs four out of the five years I was there, made a run, got to the semis and the quarters. Like it was nice to kind of change the perception of a program. And then having, I, I helped like 30 kids get into college and play college football. Wow. I think that was probably the most warning. One of them is balling right now for Eastern Washington, Efton Chisholm, this kid, he's going to go to the league. It's crazy. What's
0: up? Okay. All right. give credit to Mike Bumpus. All right. For that kid over there, um, man, you went to Monroe high. Did you have opportunities to coach at different high schools? Did you think about going maybe back to Washington state and coaching there? What, what dialed you went to coaching at Monroe?
1: Uh, well, my wife is from here. So when I was done playing, um, she wanted to go back home. So took her back home to Monroe. I had opportunities to coach in college, but I just don't like the college grind, man. the recruiting. I just, I'm just not with that. I'm not, I, I don't want to go to a 17 year old's house and tell him how great he is and I want to keep it real. But like, yeah, you good, but you can work on this. And you can work on that. But recruiting, it's like, it's a game you got to play. It's a game that I just didn't want to do. Had opportunities to start coaching in, in the NFL. But my thing was, I just wanted to be around for my son. I just wanted to be every single moment. I just wanted to be there. So I figured my best bet was to grow my business and get in the, get in the high school game.
0: Nice. Nice. So you coached Monroe until 2019. Yep. Um, and then you moved on, um, what played into that decision? You know, if you, you were enjoying, you flipped the program around, you went to state, you're getting guys going to college. Why stop?
1: I, I wanted to do something else. And um, I was fortunate enough to get on with Q13 and do some Apple Cup media stuff. And once I got a taste of the media game, I'm like, yeah, I think I can do this. And then then I got on with the Seahawks in 2017, then my role started to grow there. Then I get on with Root Sports. Then Pac-12 starts showing interest. And I'm like, all right, I enjoy coaching. I love coaching. But this media gig is is fun. I get to prepare for different teams. I get to travel. I, I still feel like I'm in the game. So once the media stuff started picking up, then I felt like I couldn't really give 100 to both. I decided, man, let's turn the page and try something else while I'm still young. All
0: right, you have Elite Training Academy. You said it was always your dream to have your own training facility. Why? What you know, what was the inspiration to one day have your own training facility?
1: We didn't, man, we didn't have stuff like that when we was growing up, Turbo. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. just we just Drill. went to the park with the boys and, and did our own drills and threw the ball around and, and just yeah. competed. Now and I remember
0: I remember asking my PE teachers. For yeah. some drills. And I would just go to the park and do like the drills that they told me
1: to do on my own. Yep, exactly. Yep. And I saw where the game was going and my like, kids have to do this stuff now. It's so competitive now they have to do it. And a lot of my competitors were doing it at a price where a lot of these kids just couldn't afford it. So I was like, look, I want to build something to where they can come get this work and it's not, it's not going to put them in major debt. You know, I never turn a kid down because he can't afford it there's something you can do look you're gonna you're gonna clean my facility you're gonna you're gonna handle this yard in, in my backyard you're gonna do something i'm gonna make sure that we can help you in your journey whether it's just for high school football or it's for college so it was all about just helping kids develop because i know or i felt like if i had something like that man i could have been a better football player than you know i ended up to be so it was pretty much all about the community man and just giving back and helping kids develop
0: Awesome, man. That's what's up, man. So we've talked about, man, your journey from Culver City to USC, up, psych, Washington State, (laughs) went up there, did your thing, went to Seattle, did your thing, obviously Canada, did your thing, man. All of these great memories. I want to kind of get into like, you know, your personal life just a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about your grandmother kind of inspired you to watch, you know, Dion branch. He was kind of one of your idols, yep. but you know, what, what led you, you know, into playing football in the first place?
1: Ah, oh, man, I grew up playing soccer. That was my first sport, was soccer. Okay. Cause, uh, I once played football, but we didn't have insurance. And mom was like, look, man, if you get hurt, that bill is gonna be some crazy. I just I just can't afford it. So I grew up in a, a Latin community. So all the Latin homies was playing soccer. So I'm like, all right, man, shoot, I'm just play soccer. See how that goes. So I started playing soccer and basketball. But my mom told me when I was young, she goes, look, when you get into high school, you can play football. So I remember the summer going to my ninth grade year. I didn't even tell her I was going out to try for the football team. I just went and I came back with pads. She's like, what is this? I'm like, you said when I was in ninth grade, I'm going. I could play football. So, boom. I started playing football once I got a taste. I'm like, This is it, right here. This is it. I ain't doing nothing else.
0: Hey, that hey, you a fool for that, though. <laughs> he <laughs> just showed up at the house with the pass, like, with the he said, <laughs> even though it might have been like six years ago, you never forgot. So, you didn't start playing football till your freshman year of high school,
1: ninth grade. Started playing football, and the first position I played was quarterback. Like, it was it was crazy.
0: Was you, you know, what, what, you know, did you? You, like talented quarterback man, I, was, I
1: mean you know i was uh so i played football my freshman and my senior year of high school my senior year i was division player of the year league mvp i could have played quarterback in high school i mean in college but i didn't want all that i'm like just throw the rock up let me go get it
0: right right well that's what's up man that's that's a, that's a, that's a funny story then obviously uh the rest is history But man, I know you gotta go. I don't wanna take up too much more of your time, Mike, man. But listen, really appreciate you coming on to the show. Everybody who's listening, thank you for listening to another episode of Seahawk Stories. More to come, more special guests to come. But until then, everybody have a blessed rest of your day. And we'll see you later.